0: I don't do music for money. I do it for passion, to give
1: peace to my soul. Hey, my name is Desi Cole. I am excited to share my story. with you.
2: This is Drew Penner, and you're listening to Frequency Horizon on Pirate Cat Radio, KPCR, 101.9 FM, Santa Cruz. Oh, I'm not going to lie. I'm exhausted. And for good reason, too. I met someone who told me that two hours in the gym is a good way to go to stay on top of their fitness goals. And that, well, that's not exactly how I like to do things, but I wanted to take things up a notch. And so I headed up to Castle Rock, you know that state park, like perched at the top of the Santa Cruz mountains between Santa Clara County and Santa Cruz County, well, I was like, I'm just going to do a little one-mile loop, you know, at lunchtime, well, I ended up checking out this Canadian and uh, South American duo, I think they had a third person there too, and they were doing some rock climbing, and A rope got stuck in the tree, and then I kind of wandered down by where they were, and then one thing led to another, and I got lost in the forest. Something I haven't done for like years. And you can actually go back and listen to the last time I got lost in the forest that was up on Vancouver Island in a previous episode of The Frequency Horizon. But let me just tell you, I was thankful that the rains that are predicted for next week had not yet arrived in the Santa Cruz area, here along the west coast. I was bouncing along dry twigs and whatnot, and basically I got you know off the beaten path and was scaling mountains, literally. Um you know, jumping <laughs> from snapping branches one to another and once you think you found the path, the path ends up like dead ending and then like whatever but
3: you
2: know I have some battle scars, actual scars to prove that I was out and about today. But I've been out and about along the coast this past week too. And I managed to meet up with a soon to be first time director who you'll hear from later in the show. That's Desi Cole. And it's super relevant because, you know, she's been holding off on certain things. So the actor's strike is over.
3: And now it's finally
2: over. So keep that in mind when you're listening to our conversation. Nobody second half of the show we're gonna dip into some South Asian strains that's right Bangladeshi music and an interview with an independent Bengali musician singer and gallivanting soul strap yourself in this is the frequency horizon on pirate cat radio and we're gonna kick things off here with a little drum and bass B C that's B C E E with Creed here it comes stay strong the night has just begun there go. what did you think of that one i sure liked it it's that liquid funk maestro bc that's b c e e and the song is creed i still have not seen that movie yet creed but uh i bet you it's good and speaking of good here is breather by caliber spelled you know the british way c-a-l-i-b-r-e canadian way too don't forget to breathe here it comes enjoy enough See to you tonight by eye dress. Urban base still, right? Even though you can tell it comes from more of a hipster kind of ethos, in a sense. That's I dress. Can I see you tonight? Now we're gonna present Pete Tong, Jim Cook, and Jules Buckley. It's heat rising. Haste,
4: carry me home. I found the magic when I broke the deep, cold. magical blade. Carry me home.
2: pop dance right there four on the floor melodic heartfelt you know it but now we're gonna flip over and check in with my conversation recorded during a lift trip into Los Angeles with a hairdresser who's becoming a director. Who do we have here uh in the hot seat today?
0: It's
1: Introduce Desi yourself. Cole. What is it? Desi Cole. D-E-S-I-K-O-L-E Desi Cole.
2: Desi Cole and we're cruising through uh you know, the, the, the mountains just north of Los Angeles, yeah. kind of from Thousand Oaks down to like, you know, into the heart of Los Angeles, believe it or not. And, you know, interesting time in the, the movie and television world. You know, there's some strike details being worked out. It's a very exciting time. A lot of things, new chapters starting, but at the same time, there's, uh, you know, new projects that are now coming to light. And I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about your, your background and then also just like, what you kind of have up your sleeve with this project
1: okay my background is I'm a department head hairstylist on Grey's Anatomy I've been there for like 13 years and I've worked on TV and film for like 20 years at least I was department head on Didn't Come Alive I department head the movie How High with Method and Man*. I worked on Pirates of the Caribbean so I've been in TV and film for a long time and working behind the scenes, having fun, doing hair and makeup. As I was doing that, I started writing my own screenplays. And in 1999, I wrote one called The Styling Divas and I pitched it everywhere and got all these actors attached and it did not happen, but I gained a lot of people's attention from this popular unproduced script And I made some connections, and I began ghostwriting. So I ghostwrote for maybe like seven years, and Paul Mooney reached out to me because he got a screenplay of mine called The New Skinny, and he took me to eat and said, you're the first screenplay that I have had to punch up in 25 years. So he introduced me to more people to ghostwrite. So I started having people that could, I I felt could make opportunity bigger for me where I could get a movie in theaters. So I started turning down more ghostwriting and started working on my own feature films and started studying how to write mixed genre movies. So once I gained the knowledge of writing mixed genre films, I said I'm going to set out to produce and develop a feature film that would reach the masses and I created a feature film called Dog Belly, and the subtitle is Misery Has a New Faith, and it's pretty much about a relationship coach wakes up victim to a psychopath and her ghoulish grandpa in a house full of dogs due to his car accident, and they nurse him to health and torture him at the same time, and the the grandpa records the whole incident because he, likes. Making a mockery out of people's misery. That's, so, that's
2: pretty intense.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, so it is I created it so it could be a brand like Candyman because Dog Belly is a psychopath and Kiana Saw is the character that she suffers from disassociative identity disorder. So her regular self wants to be an actress, but her infamous mead self, Dog Belly, wants to be a killer like Candyman. So she's battling the evil forces within herself. And her other two personalities are a younger child, Gracie Lou wants to save her. And her her other personality, Lisa Doom, is anti everything. She doesn't care if they live or die. So it's a it's a psychological thriller for real. And it'll take you on a lot of emotional roller coaster through watching the family.
2: It's kind of fun to always be learning and, and kind of building on those skills. You, you've done a lot of cool stuff, it sounds like so far. Um, but being a writer myself, you know, more on the journalism side and whatnot, uh-huh. you know, um, there's still there is still writing involved. Um, but there's moments where when you kind of get into a project, you can get lost in it, or there's certain aspects that yeah. you can really enjoy about it. I'm wondering what it was like to take on this project. You know, it sounds like it's a mixed genre, you said.
1: It's a mixed genre. When I wrote it, um, at first I wrote it to be a very low-budget, simple feature with one location and two actors. The script attracted an amazing actress named Laura Jacqueline. She flew here for the audition from San Francisco, and she said she had been looking for a project as, like, you know, as good as this, and she wanted to being it so bad she kept flying here to make this film. So now she's moved here. The lead the lead guy, his name is Tony Hassani Oliver he's an, he's an amazing actor and he, they've been so good and their talent was so amazing that I revised the script into something that was, the means was bigger than I had, resource wise so the script grew to a more of a higher budget and I didn't know how I was going to do this, but I found sponsorship for being in the industry for so long. So I'm inching this film together, piecing it together. I've been finished this year. I've been filming for two years. So we are finishing by January and trying to get it in to film.
2: Oh, wow. And I
1: have my mentor, Debbie Allen, and then Parpaio, of course, Ray's Academy. they are supporters of mine, and I have more industry supporters such as Jamie Foxx and different people that I've met and worked with along the way. So I know that I have their support, but I have to show them what I'm capable of, so they can see that I, you know, have the gift of screenwriting. And my son is an amazing director. He went to Academy of Art University in San Francisco. He needed a project to direct so it was the perfect family you know union for us to come together and put together this piece and it's become a really a family affair i have other family members working on the project um, my boyfriend is the executive producer doing the music and we just been putting together an amazing piece and i'm gonna actually send you two scenes from it so you can see it on your phone
2: oh no way that's so sweet well because i was wondering like were you basically going more so for, uh, like, kind of a creepy feel or more of a, like, art house. suspenseful, what? It's
1: suspenseful. No, because it's Mitch Jabra, Um, it's art house, suspenseful, and it's one step before horror. It's thriller. So she doesn't kill anyone, but there are moments where you think that you can it could <laughs> 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 so will... happen. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. I will... Try to attract every audience because there's something in the film for everybody. There's drama. There's he learned a lesson about love. Is anyone ever justified in using illusions to gain love? So he's gonna he's gonna understand this from this horrible experience. And by his movie, his life being made a mockery from the grandpa filming it, he's gonna gain knowledge and understand. Um, what it means to be stuck in writer's block and, and going through a nervous breakdown at the same time. Because that that's what was happening to him. So the psychological dance happens with all the characters in the film. It's crazy.
2: And so, like, just being into the writing aspect of it, maybe this is, maybe I'm the nerding out a little bit too much, but I listened to the, I've never written a screenplay before, sure. and nor do I ever plan to in the near future, but, AI uh... Help you, but he
1: didn't yeah. help me because it went out then,
2: <laughs> but uh, I listen to the Script Notes podcast, uh-huh. if you ever listen to that, and yeah, it's like, you know, I, I was listening the other day to the one where they have, um, um, uh, you know, the, the woman, that, Greta Gerwig, They have, yeah. Gre, the one who wrote the Barbie movie and everything, oh, yeah, or yeah. directed it, and, yeah. and she also... Um, she did Little Women as well yeah, in the past. Little, okay. And so, the most, they, play, they replayed an old episode that they had interviewed uh, her for and basically, she broke down, like, scene by scene, like, how she did, like, Little Women. Yeah. I've never even seen the movie, but I, I now I want to see the movie based on how it sounded, like the script and whatnot. And then they did another one where it was like, how to write action, you know, how do you use short sentences or what are the different techniques to, like, you know, create that script. So that's what I, I was wondering, from your standpoint. I assume you did probably some script revisions. Maybe as when oh, yeah. you got a bigger budget, you probably had to redo the script. And I'm wondering well, I how redid you
1: did it. Thinking I so before the writer strike, my producer boss told me that he could um, raise 1.2 million. So I revised the script, thinking I had the 1.2 million. Now after the strike, he, he fell off and. I don't know if he's still a part of it, but it's the strike created a weird energy between me and some of my other actors, producing supporters. It just made everyone uneasy. So I had to find a way to keep going and, and keep this getting the film to a percentage closest to finish as I can. So while I'm waiting on the $1.2 million budget, I'm still filming in you know, non union but it's it's like a struggle to try to pull the pieces together without the resources that I assumed that I had that I wrote for. <laughs> right, you know?
2: Yeah, exactly. I wrote
1: bigger locations. I have more actors in it. I just Once I assumed I had a bigger budget, I really went in on the big job.
2: So speaking of bigger budgets, uh, you said you worked on Pirates of the Caribbean? I
1: did.
2: Was it the As first airstyle, one? No, it's the first one. The first one. Yeah. Did you work on the future ones or mainly just the first one? There? I
1: worked on the first one for three weeks. It went, uh-huh. to, um, it went overseas somewhere for oh. a long time. But I was living in Sherman Oaks, and my son at the time was young, and I was a single mom, so I couldn't do the hours required. That was a tough one. And it was filming in Long Beach, so I was living in Sherman Oaks, going to Long Beach.
2: That's the so, worst commute ever oh for anyone that doesn't know.
1: Fell on the freeway, and I. I hard
2: this big guy, guys, I can't finish the movie. So I kind of... But what was it like to kind of get to, to experience being part of something that, you it know... It was very exciting. Especially since costuming and whatnot was... And, and hair and makeup was such a huge, huge part of that. That's what you were working on, right? Yeah, hair and makeup?
1: Yeah, I was doing the wigs for the Pirates. It was a lot. It was a great experience, though. Yeah, that's it. awesome. We we had to get them perfect. We had so much time to do. It, um, it was very, very... Um, interesting Um, the, the, the labor that goes into movie making I can compare it to me to being in the army because it is it is challenging
2: so, have you been in the army before no, oh, okay but you're saying the idea of yeah like it's kind of it's regimented and it's also mm-hmm. if you're on a film set it's sort of you sort of like realize like this is must be what it's like to be in the army. A lot of it times, like, like it's, it's like sitting around. That's what people say. It's like waiting for orders. Waiting, you wait, know.
1: Put orders, and then you have to do the orders fast. Yeah. You have to deliver. There's very little room for mistakes because the mistakes can cost. Right. Yeah, they can cost because filming is so expensive. So when you think about if you're putting something on camera, every piece from every department has to be just right, the lighting has to be just right, the makeup has to be just right, the lines have to be remembered, the acting, the choreography and movement have to be right, or we gotta do another take so if all the elements aren't in sync perfectly, then you don't have the frame that you wanted to tell the story and so you gotta go back and shoot it again but I heard Clint Eastwood says if you can't get it in three takes that's it And I'm trying to be that kind of director, so we can save time.
2: Because you do a lot of tapes before you get the perfect tape. I was just, I literally put my last show Mm -hmm. together, uh, you know, several hours ago. I was in Carmel, Mm -hmm. and that's, of course, where Clint Eastwood used to be the mayor of Carmel. Wow. Of course, not that I lived there or anything at the time, but I'm just, you know. That's so cool. I know that Clint Eastwood uh, was, he was up... um, in Santa Cruz a little while ago, helping, I don't know if it was a dedication of some sort for, but it was some like, at some sort of marine biology center. I don't know if he's maybe supports the marine biology or something, or what he was doing there, but they, there was, I remember he was up, I didn't go there, but I heard from some like of the elected officials or whatever that, that uh, they got a chance to, to meet with him and whatnot, but uh, yeah. Yeah,
3: that's exciting.
2: Speaking of exciting, I'm sure she's stoked that the actor's strike is finally over we'll hear part two of the conversation in a little bit.
3: In the background tell.
2: there, that's Beth Ditto it's
3: in, it's all okay.
2: I Wrote the Book. But
3: one thing never say.
2: I love cycling through random radio stations as I traverse Los Angeles, in the Bay Area. can't even remember where I heard this one. I think it might have even been like KPFA in the middle of the night or something. But that was Bet Ditto. I wrote the book. And the next one here, we have Hailu Mergia with Weegean. Kind of a little bit of a left field track, but some quality synth sounds, so dig in. With Weejin or Weekenday, maybe, maybe
3: Weekenday.
2: It's pretty funky. It has a hint of like hippie kind of music and that world music vibe as well. But now it's time for our track of the week. This is Imanu and Road of Two Minds. Just a stunning track. Interview with that awesome emerging director.
1: Y'all, this is I've Been in Love.
3: Shit.
5: Emma Tesla might get arrested. She's sitting in my new sheet. We still get a messy. Playing Anita while she got her feet up. From the neck oh, by her. the way, all I want to do is fucking it. Check out this video online because it's really well it. choreographed. Backseat for good love. You could have just got a hotel. You look good for oh well. Only care if you are lonely.
2: silky and reminds me of when i lived in los angeles to be honest with you and that's why when i went back for a visit i was so stoked to meet someone who had been involved in top-notch productions like the Get jimmy kimmel show and even pirates of the caribbean all right, back to the interview. The show I do, it's, it's called Frequency Horizon. Uh-huh. It's supposed to be at the intersection of sky, sea, and sound. That's the concept of it. Okay. It's like electronic music and West okay. Coast culture, surf culture.
1: I like
2: that. That kind of thing. And what's the, you know, basically what's what frequencies are going to come across your horizon? What frequencies are you going to try to tap into? Uh, you know, being in the right place at the right time. Like this, I was, you know... I turn on my, you know, basically open myself up to this particular connection by doing lift today, you know, and uh, who knows where it'll lead, you, you, you know, like, hopefully the audio works out, we throw it on the, uh, on the podcast, the yeah. radio, and you're creating, You, who knows, maybe someone will hear it and it'll inspire them to create something or, exactly. or, or maybe go surfing or whatever it is that, that they needed that day and they say, oh, I need to do this one thing and uh so that's kind of the concept and and that's good. i was just wondering just to, i know you never heard of it before but throwing that idea out there of you know frequencies and and you know the maybe the uh the sonic aspect of it you mm-hmm. know the electronic music and go to shows and whatnot For or sure. the uh you know surfing or just the outdoor energy the west coast vibes like what does that mean mm-hmm. to you when it, when you hear those words together frequency horizon
1: i've always wondered how surfing work because they look so happy when they're on the surfboard. I've always been like, but I'm too scared. You know, I'm all scared. and I can swim. I'm just scared I'll swallow some water and won't recover. (laughs) It's like I'm not scared of the surfing part, but I'm scared. But it looks like they look so happy on the surfboard. Everybody. And I'm like, that must be so fun. But I would do, say if there was a little beach amusement park with a smaller surf kind of fun thing like a smaller wave in a pool, I would try it. I'm so, scared to try it on the big real one.
2: Yeah. Well, it's it's good to get the big one because the big one is more stable, right? The bigger, this, the bigger surfboards are the ones you want to learn on because, right. you know, the big foam board, you want one of those because if it hits you in the head or something, which it probably will at some point, then uh, it doesn't hurt, right? Oh. Or at least not so much if you're okay. not too terrible of a place. And also... You know, just the simple thing of the more foam that's in the board, the more likely it's going to catch a wave for you, and then you're going to have more fun right off the bat, right?
1: Wow, that's okay. Well, I learned something
2: then. That's the tip right there, but the other Mm -hmm. thing I was going to say is that the whole reason that I came down here, or one of them, Mm -hmm. you know, besides the fact that somehow maybe the universe... Just needed me to, to bump into you.
1: I know. I was right? Like how bomb is that? <laughs> uh,
2: but beyond beyond that, you know, um, essentially I'm actually headed to this one surf shop really? that has just a ton of boards and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I haven't been there in, in uh, you know, forever. And there there's tons of places where I live in Santa Cruz that sell surfboards. Uh-huh. One of them that has a, a good amount of used boards is kind of like going through a renovation. I don't think they have all their used boards right now. Yeah. Um. And then just, you know, it's just sometimes when you find a spot, like a, a shop that sells the one thing that, like, you know it's going to work for you.
1: Yeah. Whether it's
2: surfing, you whether guess, it's yep. whatever musical instruments or whatever, right? Like, yep. you know, it's worth going that extra mile to find. Yeah. To tap into that energy yep. because that's what will allow you, and that's the whole point with the frequency horizon. It's like having the right board, or you know, having the right you know synthesizer or whatever it is that to create that frequency. Like, it's really important because that's the key, and I feel like that's what, what's been lacking in my in my life is is kind of. You
1: know just anything creative um, making a choice to make it the right like um, today at twelve thirty, my set deck guy is showing up just to dress a, a piece of the set for a scene and this dressing this one piece I've lost sleep over it and I'm not a set deck that's not my what I master but directing is connected to the creative part too sometimes so to pull off the emotions that I need to put off, I'm like God. I gotta go to the right store to get the right old artifacts and all the, you know, it's just a like different things to make the scene have emotional impact on the audience. Yeah. So even when you're picking out stuff for something that matters to you, if it's creative or fun or hobby or for work, it just creates so much thought process for you, and you feel your body feel like you to work after you thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I'm like, I don't work yesterday trying to figure this out. And I'm still trying to figure it out today. Like, because I don't went from a prop house. And I'm over here. Like, and my son's like, well, we'll take some golf clubs and take uh, golf trophies from our dad, you know, and and put in there in the scene. Because we want it to look old, rustic, old, rustic cabin. The exterior for the film, the story world, is Canyon Ranch. It's like a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, making place. Well, if you saw the movie, um, some about women, um, what was that recent movie?
2: Uh, um, Woman
1: of Something
2: Woman. You're not uh, talking about Young that. Woman or something. Okay.
1: So it was shot at Canyon Ranch. It's in Thousand Oaks. Okay. It's like a wooded area with all these different, like a mine and cabins and So that's where my story world takes place, which in my film is called The Hidden Hills in the story. Oh, nice. So we, so we're, we created the interior of that at Heartbeat Studios, which is Kevin Hart's production house. And that's where my office is. So I'm like four doors down from Kevin Hart. (laughs) No way. Yeah. I'm like, he's worth 400 million. I'm setting my office up right here by him.
2: Do you see it? Like, does he come in and stuff? Mm Mm-hmm. Really, it's
1: his production um, studio. So his team is his overflow. So when he's doing photo shoots and different things for his life, yeah, his office is his office is two floors, but it's like three doors down from me.
2: What's it yeah. like to to be around such creative energy or you know successful people and stuff like that? Like
1: it's great. I'm used to it. I know him from I worked on Real Husbands of Hollywood. So I know them. So it feels like um, when you meet, even though they're celebrities, when you meet them uh, at work behind the scenes, and if you do their hair or you meet them in hair and makeup, they're um, you know they're celebrities, but it feels like friends, you know, because you have that that bonding moment before they go on camera, and you get to hear them talk, you know, their regular life, or get to it's you're more personal when you you know in the hair and
2: makeup room. Well, I think there's another aspect of it too for you that that I wouldn't necessarily have. Now, you know, I maybe do some radio, or maybe do some, you know, some media type stuff, but I'm not trying to be a movie star. You know, I'm not yeah. trying to be. Maybe in the, I'm not saying I wouldn't. You know, if it fell in my lap and it just worked out or whatever, you know. But I've always you been trying to do
1: mountain people in my scene and Canyon
2: Ranch. Oh yeah, you know, maybe you <laughs> never know. I could, I could it have could. to keep this beard then, right?
1: Right. No, oh, I would <laughs> let you keep
3: it.
2: No, but it I'm saying, like, I might it. I might shave it today, but now I might have to grow it out, you know? Oh, but, yeah. It grows out bad it, anyway. it does, yeah, yeah. But uh, but no, I'm saying, essentially. Um, but we would put prosthetic on you a little bit. Yeah, because
1: yeah, we yeah. Wanted to look, we want these people to look consecrated from the regular world. So you can't look like a hot surfer or attractive. You gotta look kind of. No,
2: that. but that's the thing. I live up in up in uh, you know up in Santa Cruz, right? And so the people up there, especially the ones that live. I used to live in the, the mountains really? just for like a year there in Felton oh, in the redwoods. There. Oh, they're you know they have some flavor, some more hippie and redneck flavor up there in the Santa Cruz mountains. Uh-huh. You should come okay. check it out. You might want to film up there.
1: i like, check it out. But okay, so my friend, her name is. Um, <sighs> Her, she's a makeup artist she lives in the LA Los Angeles mountains but she told me a story years ago at work we were working on the boys and she described the mountain people as so weird she said you, they're not normal looking like you've never seen them before so I think I think of that I think my screenwriting comes from experiences in my life and things I want to entertain with and, and, and I fictionalize it you get what I'm saying uh-huh. but these people um, I guess I one of my favorite movies was Wrong Turn, <laughs> but um, it was a horror movie when I was younger, and these kids took a wrong turn, and then involved people were scary, and I'm like, well, that's good for a thriller, but it's not the real people, it's, because the lead dog belly, she looks normal, but the, her grandpa, he wears a a face, a prosthetic face, and he looks very old, it's funny.
2: And you're listening to Frequency Horizon on Pirate Cat Radio, KPCR. One hundred one point nine FM Santa Cruz. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, Yeah. no, uh, the the one of the newspapers that I write for is uh, it's actually the newspaper for that mountain area. Really? Yeah, it's called uh, the Press Banner. You know, has this old that's like almost like an old timey kind of name, you know, and uh, you know, so it's just covering all the little stories and whatnot, and you know, it's it's kind of doing the nuts and bolts of it. I wish I had more time to kind of dig into the some of the more, you know, featurey kind of stories, like the, you know, because I'm sure there's a million, mm-hmm. you know, even the ghost, the ghost stories or, you know, it's stories a about, you and
1: know. So I do a podcast. So in my movie, it opens with a podcast of it's these teens talking about scariest places they've been to. And one day, every Halloween, they go to like a haunted hospital or something. And this, particular it opens up with this particular halloween he's going to the hidden hills to look through the scary binoculars and when you look through the scary binoculars they show you someone's terrible past or either a ghost so they're daring him to go to the hidden hills to peek through the binoculars or whatever and and um he does and then it kind of like is my opening to the storybook
2: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 not a bad way to do it.
1: Yeah, just trying to tell the story creatively, but I but I also try I write for the theater people that go to the movies, so they have they have a different expectation as the people at home watching TV.
2: Why Why do you say that?
1: Because moviegoers pay for a real experience. Like when you going when you buy a ticket to go in the theater, you're going for emotional impact. You want to see something big, or whatever's dramatized, it's a huge deal, or you know. So you write to get those emotions out of the audience, and that's how you get ticket
2: sales. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I might actually go to a play today.
1: Really? Uh, yeah. My
2: friend said, "Oh, my. She's got this friend, this uh, who's I. I don't know if she's uh, like maybe a fairy or something, but she said it was a Shakespeare oh, production. Okay. I think of Richard the third. Wow. I think I so. I don't know if we'll end up going or not, but you know, I, I got mad love for Shakespeare. I'm just not a huge, you know, I don't I don't necessarily consume a lot of Shakespeare. You know, I have a lot this of respect is, for not it. So
1: long for me, I did it in college a lot, but I got bored afterwards.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's always good to kind of keep up with. You know, different because I don't go to a lot of theater, but I you know, yeah. I thought maybe I might I might check it out today because be what What's great about theater and and that kind of thing is that it really emphasizes the writing.
1: It does
2: right because you can't just put some CGI and that's it, right? They have to have like really quality. They got
1: to deliver a message, and you got to receive
2: it. I, I, it I wanted to ask what you know, becoming coming from Canada, you know, I remember like. For years, you know, we'd hear, like, oh, Sandra O's oh, blown up in Hollywood or whatever because she's Canadian, right? Every Canadian knows that.
1: Uh, oh, well, Sandra. <laughs> she I, I, was she wasn't the nicest at first when I, when I got there. <laughs> really?
2: And
1: then we end up going to get her nails and feet
2: done together. Oh, that's cool. But
1: it was just weird. She did, I guess I replaced her favorite hairstylist, so she wasn't going to be open to
2: them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you figured it out, right? That's I cool. figured it
1: out. I was—I just kept being nice to her. Finally, it was weird. It went from couldn't stand me to we were best buddies. Took me to her house and everything.
2: She's so cool. I—I I love her. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I just—I just love people that make good work. Me too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that I could watch anything that she's in, and it's like somehow it just magically became good. You know what I mean? Like.
1: Yes, yeah, she is amazing. She. So that, I mean, when I did 2010, I think that's the first, that's when I just started on grades with her and Chandra um, Wilson. That's when I started. I had did Jimmy Kimmel 9 from 2001 to 2007, and then I did movies in between. Right on. Yeah, and then I did Grey's Anatomy. But I left grades because Grey's hours were so long. I thought that I was like, I oh, don't know how these people survive. What are they made of? I was doing 17 hours every day, five days a week. I went no good.
2: I guess it, I guess it'd be, it probably helped them be in character for doctors who have long shifts, you know?
1: Clearly. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then some, just the drama of it all, like you, some scenes are boring. And I'm like, they have the biggest audience and the most fans. But they, today they're still the number one streaming. Really? They got Grays have the most fans. Ellen Pompeo is the highest paid actress on T V. Really? Yeah, still. Wow. Is that cuz 'Cause Gray's got fans that go back and they're obsessed with that show. Wow. I ain't never seen that like when I went to Ohio my mommy was in the hospital. The nurses are all fans of Gray's anatomy, so I was trying to buy their love by getting them autographs and stuff like that, like take care of my mama,
2: please. Yeah, that's probably that's that's so funny like that that is probably exactly the the best thing that would work right like yeah i mean obviously i'm sure they're very professional anyways but you know i mean literally that's that's very like you know you would never expect as a doctor someone's going to show up and be like oh here's some autographs from your favorite show
1: yeah or whatever you know i was like i remember just feeling desperate because my mom was so sick and i I was flying in this year because i live here and I you know, could only miss so much work. It was just a challenge, you know. But so I just was thinking, like I have, maybe I have something to enlighten them that they was, you know. And it worked. They was she was spoiled and <laughs> they took care of her.
2: And uh is your is your mom still around? No, no. she
1: passed away. She passed away in two thousand fifteen.
2: Oh, I'm sorry to hear yeah, that. Thank you. But it sounds like she had you know some some blessed moments in those last those last years, right? Yeah, she
1: did, and she was just trying to make sure I'm okay. So was, I'm
2: like, mom, I'm it's like right to the out. end. They always, you know, it's it's just how that's how moms are, you know.
1: Mhm. She was worried about leaving me.
2: Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, for someone like myself, a creator, you know, doing my little projects here and there, you know, kind of okay. trying to keep it legit, you know, on a certain tip, you know. But at the same time, trying to progress, you know, do certain career paths and everything like that and just kind of stay strong with the integrity of the, the, whether it's journalism or just doing quality production, you know, from radio shows and audio to, you know, anything else. Uh, what, what's your tip for someone that's been so successful for so many year, years as you have been, like being in the industry and keeping that good name, but also just having fun with it. Clearly, you've been having a blast with it at the same time. What is your like, top tips for just kind of keeping that consistency and not letting the fire fade?
1: I tell my son and I tell anybody, it's a tough industry, you do have to have tough skin, just try not to burn bridges, but you definitely gotta always see it as fun. You gotta always, always stay optimistic, like at work and while being creative, yeah
2: i can't wait to hear how that movie turns out especially now that they can get some actors in there for the time being however we're gonna listen to Jalen santoy with foreplay
6: Love you. Then they ask where you coming from. Like, you the only one feeling how you feelin' Then you lie just to make it sound appealing to him and her, and even the family that you keep close just to blow the steam like Stanley. You the one have to plunge in the back, praying people in the front don't figure where you at. I get that. You should pray for the feeling, I don't miss that. I was stuck for a while, I'll admit it. The same damn thing as you feelin', feeling, man, I get it, but. I'm past that now. I sent this crown, now I mix no Sprite I sit brown when I'm cool with my niggas It's so a bitch, go figure, That kinda night, A'ight? I love you Things that cross my mind while I'm by myself I hate you These things go through my mind while I'm by myself I fuck you These things run through my mind My mind, need some help. Maybe if I had some diamond rings, and nicer things, and wider cream, and smaller dreams, and simple things, it would have brought money more quickly. Maybe then you get a picture, but even then, still stopping for my niggas. That's so why I'm always on the phone trying to make sense of figures, cause the nigga that got it ain't never been the one to spend it. You get it? Neither do I the thoughts, suicide for the money, we just call it being hungry nowadays. Every nigga getting paid, just a couple getting laid. If the chest fall right and the dick all right could I stay all night? I can lie pretty well, cause you posting all of my songs, knowing pussy gon' sell. I love you. Things that cross my mind while I'm by myself, I hate you. These things go through my mind. What? I said I'm tired of waiting on your ass. I hate you. I'ma have me a man,
3: boo boo. A man that wants to be with me and my baby and have a
6: family. A real man, Jody. Not a little boy that still wanna live at home with his mama. Fuck you. Kiss my ass. Going out these streets and be a little tricky if you want to. I should knock you the fuck out. You better not hit nobody. If I call your parole officer, they will put your black ass back in jail. Now kiss my ass, nigga. You better walk away. I hate you. You so stupid. You hate me? Yeah, that's right. I hate your ass. Oh
2: man, don't fight. You
6: make me sick. Don't
2: fight. That was Jalen Santoy with foreplay. Next up we have Joey Badass Uh, with one of us. Yeah. Static select. Look, make up your mind, baby.
7: Body on my wrist saying I ain't got time, baby. Got a shine, baby. I know they wishin' they was one of us Cause we livin' in a lap of luck. Yeah. Steppin' honeys in the truck, got them lappin' up. Right. I know I got my money right, so I'm acting up. Yeah. I know they wishin' they was one of us, cause we livin' in a lap of luck. Yeah. Steppin' honeys in the truck, got them lappin' up. Yeah. I know I talk a lot of shit, cause I can back it up, nigga. up, uh-huh. down I boss like Hugo? For the Blue Nose Walking in the street loophole Where this nigga that you know Known around my city like that nigga Pumo me in invoking Katrina eating all the Pluto She need a nigga who gon' keep it low Won't let the crew know Venus is Sagittarius But I took her to Pluto I got a gold soul Not that I could Pucos. She know it I'ma knock it out the park Like I'm a boo-ho Good fella rockin' the sky dweller Got street dreams of being richer Than a Rockefeller I tell her it's whatever We can catch planes To dodge the bad weather Alcantara can in a Porsche Until you feel the sliver. In the Range Rover, kinda on the river for the quick changeover. Got an AM and a PM whip, only A-list on, uh, B-honey's who you seein' with. Any rumors you heard about him, you should believe this shit. I pull up in the cleanest whip, Nike SB's in coordination with the GC3. Press you on the wrist, look Chris, smashing the CC piece. Face card way you legit, don't even need ID. Basketball vibes on my dick, I give them tenacious D. From BK to the Bay, we run them numbers up. about to lap you niggas again, they running out of luck. Been up on top of my game. Niggas can't stun on us. Me and June, one in the same, fuckin' the summers up. I know they wishin' they was one of us. Cause we livin' in the lap of luck. Steppin' honeys in the truck, got them lappin' up. I know I got my money right, so I'm actin' up. What? I know they wish the was one of us. Cause we living in a lap of lust. Step my honeys in a truck, got them lapping up. Uh-huh. I know I talk a lot of shit cause I can back it up. Bitch. Nigga, this thing, Go insane, nigga, kill mo. Pyrex in the kitchen, working two stoves. Yeah, yeah. Emerged from the dirt, had to make a way. It was dark days, but now it's better ways. Used to wash cars, go to matinees. Now I'm pulling out a honey just to go and play. I'm the type to let a bad bitch walk away. Cause that ain't my my main bow cause I'm on bigger things Might get a head done, let it dry the Porsche 10,000 in my sock and I'm rockin' shorts Uh, the shoes up, I got my life in order Slide be K in the drop with Joey I told baby I'm a different breed Don't be texting me shit, she be texting him. In Philly will wallow eating the Philly cheese We livin' that life, niggas would not believe hey. I know they wishin' they was one of us, cause we livin' in a lap of lust Steppin' honeys in the truck, got them lappin' up I know I got my money right, so I'm actin' up, what? I know they wishin' they was one of us, cause we livin' in a lap of lust Steppin' honeys in the truck, got them lappin' up I know I talk a lot of shit, cause I can back it up, nigga, what?
2: All right, that was Joey Badass with One of Us featuring Larry June. But this next artist, we've got someone who's been 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 on this show before, before. Calvaronic. He actually debuted this track on our show, I believe. But now it's been released, so we're going to play it again. It's Calvaronic with Giga Leak. Go and pick it up for yourself on Spotify. To say, I think it's pretty good, you know. I'm glad that I could find it there uh, and you know, wrangle it for the show. But you know how we do, we like to dip into other genres every once in a while, and we're gonna do that here with Anaskara kind of some emo, screamo magic. Post Rock, whatever you want to call it. This is East Bunk Hill. Here comes. So that's what pirate cat radio is all about out. I so we're gonna have play Mike clubs right love just fucking right dance right now, featuring uh, me and me I have a
5: party right now, this I is like super underground body producer body right
2: the Frequency Horizon remix
3: because
2: I put a few filters on it I hope he doesn't mind. I
3: was
2: trying to make it sound more techno, like a warehouse rave track. On SoundCloud and are bringing to the masses probably for the first time that was love just fucking dance featuring b it's a little bit out there but not too much and that was the frequency horizon remix okay on my trip back up from Santa Monica due to a random meet. I ended up connecting with a South Asian musician, singer, philosopher, you could say. Well, I'm gonna let her introduce herself to you. This is an interview that we did once we made it to Montera like almost to Pacifica in San Francisco. I just loved how she kind of really expressed this desire to create great music and kind of tap into the essence of a particular frequency. It was definitely infectious. So hopefully you get that. Off of this interview, and we're gonna play some Bengali and Bollywood music. Right after, check it out.
0: Hello, this is me, Sidiki. Let's vibe with uh, Frequency Horizon. Right in of, I don't know exactly what the space is called, but um, according to my friend, it's a South Florida, but not exactly in South. Africa. So anyway, uh, if I These are the hills and over here there's a tunnel and it's like a motorway of UK. I don't know, yeah it's similar to the motorway. So is it fog or what?
2: Yeah, it's fog coming off the ocean. Right off the Pacific. Pushing inland. Pacific Ocean? Yeah, this is the Pacific Ocean of course. And Monterra State Beach just to the south?
0: Monterra State Beach and...
2: Alright, so you tell me. Alright, what's... Your journey up the coast, you were in like the ghettos of LA all the way to like the hippie climbs of Santa Cruz and now to San Francisco about to head through the tunnel all the way to you know, the next stop on the way which is SF. How would you... How would you characterize what the journey's been like? What's it been like to traverse this coast?
0: Um... I would say that the journey is amazing because it is a mix and match of the uh, views from the hill to the beach. So I basically like the beach side, but it's amazing to see the beach and the hill at the same time. So it's kind of fusion of the nature, I would call. And it's wonderful. And the weather is uh, similar to the weather of uh, UK, I would say. Uh, and the vibe is pretty much like the UK. Unlike the uh, New York and you know the other crowded cities, so it's it's pretty much amazing, I would say. Yeah.
2: And uh, I'm wondering, are, is any of these, um, is any of this inspiration going to find its way into your your music coming up? Do you think?
0: Um, well, uh, every uh, little aspect of my travel um, does contribute to the musical career, and because. The music comes um, pure from the soul when your soul is in perfect state and to put your soul in a perfect state you need to um, go close to the nature, feel the nature vibe with it, and then the true music comes out automatically so definitely it has an impact on my music yes
2: and the type of kind of Bengali music that you make you you sing these lines that go from Really intricate, major to minor within the same song. It's very fluid. Uh, I'm wondering, how is it that you can, you know, do that without, you know, it sounding corny or anything? It sounds very serious when you listen to it, and and very like um, like an artist with the paintbrush or something. What's the key to actually affecting that tone in your music?
0: The key is to sing or to do things from the soul, not faking it. So, unlike the Auto-tunes that used in the music industry these days, I'm totally opposite. I try to be as raw as possible, as true as possible to my audiences. So it's all about being true to the music, be, being true to the microphone, without, any affecting, without, without um, mixing any effect to the voice and trying to feel each and every lyric of the song or giving justice to the person who wrote the song. You know,
2: and uh, anything coming up next that we could expect or what are you going to be working on are you going to head back to the studio or mostly continue traveling or what's the plan
0: I will head back uh, to the studio definitely and um, now I'm concentrating into self-practice more because what I believe is uh, I believe in the quant- uh, quality over quantity so I want to go back to my practice again and come up with something different that maybe I've never done so far. Yes.
2: Any way people can find you? How can people check out your music?
0: People can check me out on YouTube. Um, they can type my name, Elmasiddiqui, and I have a Facebook page as well where they can follow me. They can type Elmasiddiqui, my name, and uh, the YouTube channel is Elmasiddiqui Official. But I'm too busy with, um, uh, you know, uh, with my life and also traveling, so many things to do. It's uh, the life of a musician in Bangladesh, uh, especially is not uh, very easy. We have to um, deal with a lot of uh, challenges as well. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's a, if, if somebody wants to take it as a profession, as a bread and butter in the music industry in Bangladesh is, is pretty much challenging, unlike the other parts of the world sometimes I have to involve myself into other businesses, you know, to survive and to um, be with the quality music. I cannot be involving myself with the commercial people, with the commercial tunes. That way I will lose my um, quality. Maybe I'll get money, but I don't do music for money. I do it for passion, to give peace to my soul. So in order to maintain that quality, Uh, Sometimes I have to kind of give a big uh, gap to the music that I'm doing and concentrate on something else. So that's a challenge that comes in between. And I hope that situation overcomes in the music industry in the future. So people can take it as a profession without thinking second time.
2: All right, thanks. That was awesome. Let's keep on rolling. On to San Francisco, here we go. And uh yeah, I'm looking forward to the next production you come up with. Alright, so we're gonna play Aditi Paul and Shal Hada and Sanjay Lila Panasali with Ang Langa de. T Paul and Shal Hada with Sanjay Lila, Banasali with Ang Lega Duh, which had a sick beat, didn't
4: it? <laughs>
2: Okay, if you can't tell, that's Elma Siddiqui singing in the background to some tunes in the vehicle. Beautiful voice, eh? I'm glad to report that she made it to Washington, D.C. Time for Hari Haran and Swarnalatha with Hai Rama Rangila from 1995. to San Francisco with Elma Siddiqui this is her song and it's sick
0: What kind of witnesses are those stars following? It's one thing that's God.
4: Do we get the meaning out of
0: it?
4: And they follow. What kind of system they're following? It's a system of God.
0: It's the same system. Like the sun is rising, the sun is setting, the star is the same. All the where is the mystery?
2: Who's the witness? What is the system they
0: follow? do the surrender. Chirbeni.
2: What's the channel? Is the channel. This is off. Shout out to Chirbeni and and what's the name of the song? An artist. It's,
0: I'm the singer and the and the, and the lyrics. And the tune is by my father. And it's it took one year to write this song. And came up with the tune. This is you? Yes. I had no idea this
2: is so it's good. It's me singing. I thought this was like a classic.
0: Siddiqui, my name will be there, my dad's name. He wrote this song. Like, there is no way, there is no loophole to escape. You don't surrender to escape.
2: You don't surrender to
0: what? You have to surrender to God. There is no other loophole. No matter, we read Taurat, we read Injil, we read Zagur, whatever the holy book we read to. it's the same message, same thing. There is no way except surrendering to God. Wait, we don't exit the except the God. The God has. We have to believe in God. That's that's why. The main gist of the song is no matter what, God is there. A a day made. there is
2: that songs. the record label Tribeni too? No, that's a, Wh- that's, a, is a, that's, record label? that's a
0: live program. Oh. this is not released yet. Oh, this is unreleased track. Okay. I just sang just to. See how it is. My dad never released
2: it. So will I get in trouble if I put parts of it on my radio show?
0: Uh, it's not released yet. You could, you could
2: put some there. little parts, yeah. yeah no okay. okay.
0: Because it's already sang in many shows and all. Oh really? But it's not released. Really so.
2: Great. All right, I wish you the best as you create your next projects. Thanks for sharing your story with me. This next one is The Vanguard Project with DITU. We're gonna finish it out with this track. Hope you all had a good night. You can find us online, instagram.com slash youtube.com slash Frequency at The Freak with a Q Horizon on Twitter, or send us an email at FrequencyHorizon at gmail.com. See you next week.